0: We're recording. Hello, and welcome to The Piercer. It's another episode of Lucas and Jason. <laughs> we're in Slug City, Lucas. There are thousands of slugs out here. We saw a cool snake. We saw a bunch of, um, uh, what are the ones with sh- Snails?
1: Yep, <laughs> the ones with shells. <laughs> the ones with shells. Um, it is very wet. Yeah,
0: it's very um, wet.
1: And this uh, dike is quite interesting. Like, we're mm-hmm. in the middle of corn corn and corn and corn. Yeah,
0: it's Chilliwack, so there's corn on two sides and a big river in the distance, because that's... And it's, like, flooding. Like, that's all we actively, oh, yeah, Like, actively, like, yeah, water, high. Yeah, a lot of this corn is, like, actively under under water. It looks like one of those rice paddies, you know? Like, yeah. when they grow it in water. Um, Do you know they the... don't actually have to do that? Is you can, it? You can just grow rice out of the ground. You don't have oh. big water things.
1: So. Well, why do they have it in water, then?
0: Uh, I think it's, like, pest control thing or oh. something like that. Or it might be harvesting, like, you can just all the water out or something.
1: Okay, okay. That's cool. Um, Lucas, we might be uh, rolling the conversation back okay. a bit um, because we were, we were in the middle of uh, some, some action that I wanted to catch oh, yeah. on tape. Um, so maybe we can roll it back to what you're talking about, this book that you're
0: reading. Oh man, so I'm ta- I'm reading this book called uh, The Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake. And isn't that a great Shut name, out. Merlin Sheldrake? God, uh, yeah, it's a classic. Um, in his book, he gives a shout out to the Pacific Northwest. One of his favorite areas is the Sunshine Coast. So you can see like this, uh, the book's about fungi, by the way, this is why this isn't weird. Um, he's absolutely nuts about this like line, this black line of lichen that you can see right above the coast. Um, it doesn't really look like anything. Lichens just kind of bare and flat. But if you're ever looking at, you know, a shoreline when the tide is down, lichen starts like right after the, the seaweed. Um, seaweed goes up as high as the waterline goes, and mm. lichens up past that. Wow. Anyway, this book is amazing. It's all about fungi. Um, it came out very recently too, so he's making references to studies that came out in like. 2018, and he's like, oh, this study way back in 2018. <laughs> it's like, hold on, way back. <laughs> yeah, this book is basically the internet, is what I'm telling you. It's like uh, live bucket. It's super cool. Um, uh, yeah. So, can you
1: tell me more? You were, you were sort of talking about how life is a process.
0: Yeah, okay. So, one of the big things that he drills into you um, is that all life is basically just trying to survive and do the best that it can. And it does this in a variety of different ways. Like... Um, Life is just a system that has evolved to perform the best that it can in its current little ecological niche. And the way the fungi do this is incredibly interesting. Um, Lichen are not actually their own independent species. Lichen are a combination of fungi and algae. So algae can photosynthesize, it can bring in energy and whatever from the sun, which fungi can't do on its own. Uh, fungi can do things like it can digest things; it can break down rock into minerals. Um, so they pair up. Lichen is just a combination of fungi and algae because each can do something that the other one doesn't. Mm. And they're so flexible in this; like it's possible for uh, lichen to come apart and like match up with new hosts. It's the coolest thing. Oh. Um, and this is something that occurs over the span of like days, which in like an evolutionary time scale it's like that's like light speed, it's as fast as you can get. <clears throat> so uh, we were talking about how, by extension, like humanity is also an animal. We've evolved to fill into this ecological niche. We've used our uh, wow, that word's a trip. It's ecological. There we go. Niche, um, and we've used our intelligence, our tools to, you know, do things that no other animal on the planet has been able to do so far. But Intelligence is very relative. Um, we always place ourselves right at the top. Because, you know, we're, I think we probably are the smartest, to be honest. But it's, still, <laughs> it's entirely a subjective scale. Because different animals and different systems are good at different things. Um, mushrooms or fungi are very good at detecting soil conditions and what nutrients are available, you know. If I stick my finger in the dirt, I don't know, i just got a dirty finger. It's not helpful.
1: <laughs>
0: so... I don't know, in terms of mushroom intelligence, you bury me in the ground and I'm fucked. Right.
1: Well, I mean, um, I guess two things that you had brought up earlier. Like, one, um, the fact about poop. Oh, yeah. um, It's just, like, 40% by weight is just dead bacteria that is, like, um, you know, kind of, like, helpful in your digestive process. Mm. But, like, you are absolutely reliant upon those other bacteria to do, like, like, yeah. to do some of your own body's job.
0: Yeah, they they digest your food for you. If they didn't exist, you wouldn't be able to extract all the nutrients that you need from your food. Right. Um, biologically, they are not you. They are mm-hmm. not your DNA. Um, they're just little tiny bacteria things doing whatever bacteria does. Right. Living inside of you.
1: And I think I wanted to circle back. Oh, cool. Look at this piano. Oh. Um, uh, what I wanted to circle back to was this idea of, like intelligence and like self reliance almost like I think what you were mentioning how like humans place this importance on ourselves we think or a lot of significance on ourselves like we think you know we're we're the protagonists in our own lives we're also like the master of um like our reality like we right, kinda uh... like make all these decisions and we're like agents of change in our life but there's also I mean, I think what I heard when you were talking earlier was like you're just like shaving the edges off of that. Like, not that that is not true, but we do have to like relinquish a certain amount of control over to, you know, the bacteria in our gut. Um, Thank your lucky colons, (laughs) kids.
0: Shout out to Dwayne.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Dwayne. Um, So there's that element. But then um, I, I think you were also mentioning this idea of that, like, you know, we're not necessarily, um, like, our intelligence, Mm -hmm. some of that could be attributed to, you know, say, chemicals, or other processes in our bodies, um, that, again, we can't necessarily take ownership over, and then, um, I mean, we were having this, keep walking, okay, yeah, sure, um, Alternatively, if you're wet, we can go back into the car and just podcast in there.
0: Nah, walking's more fun.
1: Okay, great. Um, this idea that, like, I mean, again, don't know if you want to share
0: no, your, your uh,
1: drug-taking <laughs> experiences on the podcast. Um, <laughs> well, I
0: think you just shared it for me. Well, I okay. mean, we can always
1: cut it out and talk about something else. Oh but... no, this
0: is Lucas and Jason uncut.
1: Okay, great. Um, okay. Well, you were talking about how. Well, I, I don't know how you want. Maybe well, you can yeah, okay. you can begin the story for us.
0: Sure, I can like tie it into what you were talking about there. So basically, um, we're still biological processes. Um, as much as we like to think that we are in absolute control of our minds, and our bodies, and uh, how they function, we're very much not. Um, there's some things that we can do, but in some ways, we're just like the victim of some of the chemicals in our bodies. Uh, you know, like, you can make yourself jump higher by practicing, you know, you can do your squats and do those box jumps and whatever, but no matter what, you're not jumping over the Empire State Building, you know, you're limited by uh, the physical functions of your form, and, like, that's true mentally as well. We're, our brains are just networks. They're really, really good networks. They're good at doing what they do. They can rewire themselves to forge new connections and learn new behaviors, but ultimately they're, they're like biological computers, Right. They're reacting to the stimu- stimulus that you see, the conversations that you have, um, and then your brain produces thoughts and feelings and chemicals in response to this. Um, I have ridiculously bad depressions. So my brain is not producing all of the happy chemicals that I need. Um, there's some things that I can do to make my brain do more happy chemicals. You know, if I exercise, I will be happier. If I, uh, I don't know. Drink water. Get enough sleep. Eat healthy. I'll be, I'll be a happier person. But there's still an upper limit on that to what I can achieve without the use of extra chemicals, extra uh, antidepressants. Um, And those still influence me in very major ways. Like they help the symptoms of my depression get better, but there's there's a lot of side effects to them because they're like antidepressants aren't perfect. They're not always uh, these cheerful pills where you take them and they. Make your brain work better. Uh, sometimes all they do is just they take the edge off so you can change some things about your life yourself, but ultimately it's I'm allowing another chemical into my body to work changes on me to change my mental state. Um, now, Jason referenced my drug taking earlier, and I was talking about how LSD can do the same. Um, LSD gets a really bad rap because it's a, it's a drug, and drugs are bad because I took. I took D.A.R.E. Yes! Was, like, third grade! Third grade! Oh, man. They made us write essays and read them out in front of the class. And, uh... I don't remember what my essay was about, but I remember that I made a joke about snorting dirt. Oh. And, uh... Nobody laughed.
1: Didn't go over very well.
0: Well, I don't think it was very funny, which was part of it. But oh, okay. That hit little... What? How old were you in third grade? Like, eight? Eight. Yeah, that hit little eight-year-old Lucas pretty hard. Let me tell you. So... Um, yeah, LSD gets a pretty bad rap, but its origin is kind of interesting. There's a really great podcast that you can listen to. Um, well, there's two really great podcasts. The first and the best one is obviously The Piercer. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: This episode is um, uh, it's called How LSD Works, and it's by the Stuff You Should Know Guys on iHeartRadio. Fantastic. Um, it's a really unbiased look at the history of LSD, how it was created, the potential side effects, which are pretty limited and the potential benefits, which are actually pretty great. Uh, When LSD was created, it was actually kind of by accident. Um, He was trying to make some other kind of medicine, I don't really remember. Uh, If you don't know, LSD is actually created from... um, Originally it is from a fungus, and then they do a bunch of sciencey shit to it that I don't understand, uh, and that turns it into LSD. So LSD is ridiculously complicated to make, um, and the difficulty of the process in a weird way actually kind of makes it a safer drug because if you don't make it right then you just have lsd that doesn't work right you're not going to have dangerous lsd Mm. um and because it takes such ridiculously small quantities of lsd uh in order to have an effect like we're talking like doses as small as 10 micrograms can have effects on people standard dose is around like 100 to 200 micrograms but like you can have noticeable effects at that small of a a dosage that's impossibly tiny so when you're making lsd you just make a huge batch of it and then you've got enough for like 30,000 doses so there's no need to cut it with other drugs either um just an interesting little note okay great now the thing they cover on the podcast is that when it was created by this guy it was created by accident and he actually took it by accident as well i don't know how you do that like it's If I make a mystery chemical in the lab, I'm not going to drink it. I don't know how that... Whatever. Whatever. Okay. So he tries it for the first time and realizes, like, holy shit. This is nuts. Um, He starts hallucinating, and he starts feeling really giddy, and he can't stop smiling. And he thinks that he's been poisoned, so he takes himself to the hospital. And a hospital is not a great place to have a trip. Like, there's... It's sterile. It's unnatural. You're kind of scared. There's sick people all around. So he had a pretty bad experience. Um, is basically the entirety of the Stuff You Should Know podcast. You should just listen to it. They're so much funnier than I am. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, he has the bad experiences. Um, the doctors can't find anything physically wrong with him, so they just send him home. And after that, I guess he's, like, coming down from the peak, and he's able to just let go. The doctors have reassured him he's not dying, and I think he's able to, like, relax into the experience and have a decent time after that. Mm. Uh, after this, he gets... A couple of his scientist buddies and he's like telling them about how tiny of a dose he had and they're like look there's no way that you can take a compound or a dose that's that small and have noticeable effects you're nuts." so all the scientists buddies just go and do a fuck ton of LSD together and yeah it does have effects everybody's having a grand old time so after that it slowly spreads and it starts getting used in uh, clinical trials and there are like 60,000 cases of LSD being used therapeutically um and it had great effect. It's it's a very potent drug for treating uh mental health, depression, anxiety specifically. Uh after that, um, because it was so easily accessible in a clinical setting, it started being distributed to the streets as well. So the government didn't like the people who were using it recreationally and then boom, they banned the shit out of it. Uh started putting out ads about how LSD is terrible and it's gonna mess with your brain and make you crazy and anyway now it's got a very bad rap um i forgot yeah. where we're going with this me too jesus must be all the lsd <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I guess okay, um... so.: so
0: we were talking before about how chemicals can make changes on your brain mm. uh my point was that lsd is just another one of those chemicals that you can use to make changes in your brain mm-hmm. um if it's used responsibly you're in a safe setting you're not taking a crazy dose your first time, you're uh, with somebody who can take care of you. I think almost everybody's going to have a positive experience on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, whew, excuse me. Uh, when I was on LSD, it's, first of all, it's just ridiculously fun. It's a great drug. But there's two parts to it there's your peak, where you come up, and you know, you're like staring at the tree, and the tree is wiggling, and whatever. Uh, you're in your most hallucinogenic, hallucinatory state. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always feel very in control of what's happening. Like, you know that what you're seeing is fake, which is really great. Uh, so you also don't have... Like, you're not seeing clowns jump out at you. You're not seeing, like, your father wearing a tutu doing a tap dance on top of a grand piano or something like that. Like, you're not seeing weird, actual concrete hallucinations. What you're seeing is, like, you look at a tree, and it seems to swirl, or it's, like, moving in the wind faster than humanly possible, it's like things just shift and sway and they're fun to look at. Okay. <laughs> so, once you start to come down off of that peak, you're a little bit less loopy, you're a lot more functional, you're <clears throat> definitely still under the effects of the drug, the high lasts for 8 to 12 hours, usually,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's definitely an all day experience. Um, but you're not held under its sway so much, and this is where you can get your real thing done. Like, this is, it basically just feels like really good meditation. You're just, you're present, you're able to think through your thoughts and order them a lot better, you're basically able to, like, mentally critique your mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and that's really beneficial. For me, I was able to make a lot of great leaps and strides with my depression. Um, for a couple of days afterwards, I just felt so good. I felt relieved that I'd been able to experience a day completely without depression that like i that carried itself over for another like two or three days Mm. i was completely depression free basically um and then it set in again my problems are deeper than you know you can't just flip a switch there's no miracle cures that exist but what i experienced was one of the closest things too like i was able to during that process i was able to mentally connect self-care to my mood Which is something I'd never been able to do really before Mm -hmm. Like you know intellectually that You take care of your body It takes care of you You're going to feel better Right. Um, But in the days afterwards There was one day where I just felt uh, I felt my depression coming back My mood was starting to sour really really quickly And I was starting to spiral I was like oh fuck it's coming My depression's not gone I feel terrible Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of thought about it for a second I was like hold on I've been standing up basically for like six hours having a very active day. I went for a hike with the dog this morning. I haven't eaten anything yet. I'm super dehydrated. Um, So I had a bagel, drank some water, lay down for a little bit, and what do you know? I started to feel better. And I don't think I would have been able to make that um, mental connection as easily without the experiences that I had. Right. It,
1: and so, I mean... Hearing that, I guess, I mean, disclaimer for this whole rest of this podcast, I don't want to seem like some narc or some nerd. <laughs> um, but uh, as Lucas mentioned earlier, LSD doesn't really seem like a Jason thing to do. Nope. Um, and frankly, I'm just nervous. Yeah, I'm just uncomfortable about the whole conversation. But I think that's specifically why we're having it right now, right, Lucas?
0: Sure. i have to address the uncomfortable topics, Jason. uh, The things nobody else wants to talk about.
1: Well, I think the thing, like, um, yeah, I'm just, when you said that's not a connection that you think you would make by yourself without LSD, Mm -hmm. that's just, I don't know, it just makes me nervous, um, as a friend, that, um, like... I guess what I think about is, like, your relationship with the drug, mm. um, and, I don't know, thinking about, like, what, what it is that you need to help, and versus, um, yeah, but also at the same time, I don't know if that makes me sound like ableist, like, is mm. it me just having, like, I guess, a different chemical makeup in my mm. brain that I'm able to make these connections Whereas, you know, Lucas, for you, um, you believe you need, yeah, like, you need LSD to do it? Like, I think, well, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple things going on. One, I, I definitely don't think you have the right picture of my relationship with LSD. Mm. Like, one thing, it's not physically addictive in mm-hmm. any way. Like, it's impossible to, um, well, one, it's impossible to physically overdose because you've only got so many receptors in your brain. Mm-hmm. And once you go over that, like, you can't absorb any more LSD, so um, from a safety standpoint in that way, it's great, mm-hmm. and uh, so, and then uh, your tolerance also goes up so incredibly quickly that it's impossible to take, well, it's not impossible, but like, the dosages that you would need to take it consecutively, days in a row, are so high that just, it's not worth doing. Um, I think you also have less intense effect if you have it consecutively. I'm not really sure. Uh, but like, it's not something that I like doing frequently either. The way I see LSD is I see it as an experience more so than anything else. Mm.
1: Um,
0: when I say that I wasn't able to make those connections without LSD, <laughs> I don't mean I wasn't able to do it without LSD the drug. Mm. I wasn't able to do it without the physical experience that I that I went through. So there's absolutely some other kind of experience I could have had where... I could have had that mental connection. Mm. Um, but maybe it would have been more difficult, or maybe it wouldn't have taken hold the same way. But mm-hmm. I think absolutely if somebody came into my life and just said, Lucas, we're implementing this healthcare regimen, and you have to do this, this, and this every single day, mm-hmm. hit all of your happiness goals, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would have had the effect. I would have, after I'd gone through them, I would have been able to physically feel the effects of it, and I'm sure I would have connected that same dot the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but like the breadth and depth of the experience that you can have on LSD I think is very useful. Um, one of the things that it does, and I think one of the most useful components of it, is that when you use LSD, it dampens the part of your brain that's responsible for your sense of self and identity. Mm. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that like, you don't know you're yourself anymore. Um, you're, I think, just more able to see things from different points of view and more able to mentally self- separate yourself from your problems in your own situation. Okay. And I think that that's something that's very beneficial for specifically mental health reasons. Um I find that during this, this is really most beneficial, again, like after you've peaked, you're coming down, you're still high, but you're not, uh, you're more in control of your, your thoughts and your abilities and whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Uh, and I find that's really useful then because you can just sit down and, Think about the way that you react to situations. Think to a problem that you've been having or um, think about life in general. Think about anything you want. Mm
1: -hmm. So I
0: find that often when I trip, I'll come away with some kind of life blessing. Mm -hmm. Like my most recent experience with a couple of friends of mine, and we came out with this uh, concept of taking the coffee when it's your turn. I went on this very long rant. And I'm (laughs) going to go on this rant again, Jason. Tell me about it, Lucas. I hate those massive lines. Like when you go to a Starbucks drive through and you finally pull up and you're like, and they say, oh, the person in front of you paid for your coffee. You're the, it's a 33 person long chain. It's great. Do you want to pay for the person behind you? No, don't pay for the person behind you. Because every single one of those 33 people is still paying for a fucking cup of coffee. Like Starbucks is making the same amount of money. Um, and nobody is actually benefiting from this until somebody finally accepts that cup of coffee. Like the gift, nobody's getting free shit yet until somebody takes that cup of coffee. So somebody needs to do it. Why can't that person be you? Take that cup of coffee. Uh Otherwise, you're stuck with somebody paying for your $3 cup. And then you got to buy somebody's fucking like uh, double venti soy extra 75 espresso shot drink. And they're all getting bagels for their family. and It's like a $75 order. Why are you paying for that? All you, all that happened for you is that you came in here expecting to pay a coffee and you ended up paying like 75 bucks for this other person's fucking order. You got gypped, man. <laughs> Take
1: the coffee. Is this personal experience, did you pay
0: $75 for an order at Starbucks? No, that's never happened to me. Um, I paid for somebody else's order once because I'm such a wonderful human being, but I've never actually been in one of these chains. Oh, okay. But I would absolutely end one if I had the oh, opportunity. Right. I absolutely would. It's the stupidest thing. Somebody needs to benefit. That first, person, that first person was nice. They were wonderful. They did a nice thing for the person in line behind them because they wanted to be a decent human being. Mm. Somebody needs to benefit from that, and it should be the person right behind them, the person they were buying this delicious thing for. Mm. So that person wanted to do a decent thing. They wanted to feel good about giving to somebody else. And the only way that somebody can feel good about giving to somebody else is if somebody takes the damn gift. Take the cup of coffee. Now, this doesn't just apply to coffee. This applies to everything, man. If somebody offers you their help. They're doing it because they like you. They want to help you. Take their help, man. Unless it's something ridiculous. They're, like, they're, I don't know, within reason. You know, if somebody's right. like, hey, let me be your slave forever. I'm going to come over and, like, uh, brush your shoes in the morning and cook your meals for you and whatever. That's weird. Don't get into that. They're definitely going to murder you in your sleep. But, you know, if your friend's like, um... Hey, do you need a hand working on your car or moving or studying? Whatever. Take the coffee. Accept uh,
1: okay, I like the sentiment. I don't know if I agree with the journey you went on to get there. Okay. Like, mean, I, I think... Uh, uh, well, maybe a bit above. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my I, with this idea of the coffee lineup, I think mm-hmm. you are still benefiting... You are... You have the... You get the good feeling of being able to help somebody else. You, you think that's nonsense?
0: I think it's silly. I think somebody should just take the coffee.
1: Okay. I like your take the coffee, but, um... Anyways, just... Uh, yeah, maybe put a pin... I don't know.
0: Okay, I could see some fringe benefit where somebody's like, Well, I don't need to benefit from this today. I'm going to pass along to someone right. else. Like, sure, that's a thing. But... um. Like, yeah uh, i don't
1: think it's worth it well so i i um i uh i was listening to this ted talk i'm mm-hmm. sorry i forgot the lady who delivered it apologies to you um but uh it she was basically talking about um the benefits of like volunteering mm-hmm. and how um she uh i think she pulled po- she she like ran this experiment in one group uh they were told okay spend uh, one hour on a Saturday morning cleaning your own room, mm-hmm. and then in a separate group spend one hour cleaning somebody else's room. Mm-hmm. the 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 group the first group um, after they spent their one hour cleaning their own room they generally felt still pretty anxious. Um, they still felt oh, like one hour wasn't enough. Um, I'm running out of time. I already spent so long on it. My room's still a mess. Like. Um, it, You know, I think they're still, like, uh, they're very negative about the whole overall experience. Should we turn back around again? Sure. Um, Yeah, they're just kind of negative about the experience, and they felt like they need more time. Whereas in the second group, they just felt lifted up. They're like, wow, I've spent an hour helping some other person. Look how much (laughs) we've accomplished. There's still so much time left in the day. There's so much Mm -hmm. more things I can do in the weekend. And just helping other people being... I think her her message was being like, if you can be selfless with your time, you, you change the relationship that you have with time, and you can all of a sudden start feeling like you have more of it, and you're less like... Um... So I, I think her initial thought was this idea of like time scarcity, and when we are scarce with our time, when we think our time is valuable, we link that idea with scarcity, and the more valuable our time is, the less of it that we have and so then we're less likely to give it away um and then we just get caught in this loop of we're running we're running out of time we're running out of time we're running out of time whereas when you volunteer you give it up you step out of that loop and you're like wow I have so much time think of all this potential so I think a similar thing is happening with the coffee even though it's like the same amount of money that's being exchanged because it's this like chain that you're participating in like it I don't know anyway that's my that's my issue with your coffee thing okay, but
0: okay. um I do like I'm gonna level with you the overall story of how we got into this is not as important as the concept Okay. okay. <laughs> the lesson fair enough this is not that when you see a line you should attempt to sabotage it right. that's not what I'm saying man <laughs> um, just If somebody offers you help, be willing to take it, because it makes you feel good to offer help to others, so it makes them feel good to offer help to you. Right. So, one, you benefit from the assistance, two, they benefit from feeling good about it. Okay. Okay,
1: we're back on this track. (laughs) Okay. Um, this idea of, um... Okay, so, you took LSD, Mm -hmm. you, um, made this connection in your head, you're accepting new help into your life, um... I was nervous, I think there was a part where, yeah, again, um, oh, okay, so I said I was nervous when I heard that you, you, um, you couldn't make this connection without uh, LSD, you said I have, my perspective of your relationship with LSD is
0: skewed. Yes. Um, I had more on that, I just got distracted Okay,
1: no worries, just got so amped up with this coffee Oh
0: my god, (laughs) yeah, don't get started again That'll be the entirety of this podcast Okay Uh, The other thing I didn't mention about that is um, First time I had LSD, I didn't take it again for almost six months Um, And it just, I didn't feel the need to I felt like I was still kind of processing my first experience Not that it takes that long for everybody, but it was, a, it was a big event. It was a big ordeal for me.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but there's, there's two parts here. It. It's not like I can just have this trip and then uh, I've got the lesson of take the coffee inside of me and now I accept every single time it's offered to me. Um, mm. It's still, you need to take that lesson and implement it in your life. You have to do the work. Mm. Um, and that's still a challenge for me because I still have my anxiety i still have my social awkwardness you know mm-hmm. uh if somebody offers me help i'm still very my brain is still geared towards like oh god say no no don't be an inconvenience on this person uh so i can just say no out of reflex so part mm-hmm. of me my job now is to i've realized what the change that i would like to make i realize why this is beneficial for me now now i have to take the steps to implement it in my day-to-day life mm-hmm. right? And that is the exact same as any other revelation you're going to have in this world. Yeah. Your dad can sit down and give you some life lessons and say, Son, never whistle while you piss. But you still have to cycle that <laughs> instinct. Okay.
1: is that something your dad told you? Uh,
0: okay, I often attribute quotes to Papa Cross. Yes. Like, well, Papa Frost said back in his day, never whistle while you piss, son. But it's not Papa Cross. I probably just read it off the internet. Okay. Anyway, the, the lesson behind never whistle while you piss is uh, just don't distract yourself from the present moment. Oh. You know? Uh, if you're going to the bathroom, maybe whatever, use the client time to To reflect on the conversation you were having or think about what you're going to do when you leave the bathroom or whatever. Or just surely concentrate on the pure whimsical sensation of pissing. whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The lesson is (laughs) don't distract yourself from the present moment because like boredom is when, um, uh, And this doesn't just mean whistling. Whistling could be playing with your phone. Whistling could be, uh, you know, smoking pot so you don't have to think for the next four hours. Whatever happens to me. You're distracting yourself from the current moment um, because you don't want to experience it, whatever it is. Mm. Boredom is where creativity happens. Mm. You know, nobody's ever been, you know... I would have them the time of their life and then thought, okay, wait, no, I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay, let's let's uh, (laughs) roll it
1: back to um, uh, your dad gives you advice. You still have to put in the work of implementing it. LSD gives you some revelation. You still have to put in the work to implement
0: it. Absolutely. The drug is only active in your system, eight to 12 hours. Anything after that, it's up to you, buddy. You got to figure it out. Okay, great. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, so I guess the conclusion of this is Jason should be less afraid. Um, uh, I mean,
0: Jason never has to do LSD in his life. Right. That's fine. But, I mean, what is important to me is, uh, I guess, sharing my experience with Jason and having him understand it.
1: Okay. Uh, I like that.
0: Because remember, Jason started this thinking I was a drugie addicted to LSD. So, um, I oh, think it's only been uphill from there. Right. Well, I mean, I guess I was just expressing my
1: concern as a friend. <laughs> um... But uh, I'm glad you've done so much research. You've listened to Josh and Chuck from Stuff You Should Know. And Jerry. And Oh, there's a third co-host now?
0: Oh, yeah. Jerry's a real prominent member of the oh, Stuff You Should Know team.
1: okay. I stopped listening to that podcast a long time ago. <laughs> um, not because they weren't delightful. I think I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Found other podcasts. Anyways, okay, so learned about that. Um, researched well. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about this.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm going to plug again the stuff you should know, guys. How LSD Works is a great podcast. <laughs> very informative. <laughs> very unbiased. It meshes pretty well with my experience, and they still cover uh, like any of the negative aspects, which are... Well, just listen to the fucking podcast. They're smarter than me. Right. I guess... Okay, maybe this is my question for you. Like, mm-hmm. how do you...
1: Like... Hmm... Like, I guess, so when you decide to take LSD is like, once every few months, you're having a good time with your friends, right? Is that like, mm, your relationship with it, or I guess the thing that, okay, this is not a reflection on you, but just in general, the things that, um, oh, okay. This is what I remember. You were talking about how LSD is not physical, like you can't become physically addicted to it. Yeah. But even that statement makes me a little nervous because I think there's an element of like becoming emotionally dependent. Ooh, yeah. On this it. is
0: I'm actually probably the perfect person to talk to you about this. Okay, because great. Because I am 1,000% addicted to marijuana. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I don't have the same issue with LSD. So, uh. I'm not sure why those are different for me. Um, I think, okay, so the reason that I'm addicted to pot in the first place mm. is I started using it as a way to treat, treat some of the symptoms of my depression. Right. Um, one of the ways that I deal with my problems in, like one of the unhealthy ways I deal with my problems is just by trying to avoid them. Okay. If you avoid your problem, it doesn't hurt you, but you also don't deal with it. Mm. Um, Pot is, like, the ultimate form of that. It's just, you smoke it, you don't think for the next three to four hours or however much you're going Okay. So, I don't like the relationship that I have with pot, and mm. I actually try to change it. Right. So, um, and I'm actually having some success with that, which is great. It's like, I basically take breaks, and then I fall back on it, and I relapse and whatever, but uh-huh. uh, pot is not physically dependent. This is entirely just like a mental connection that I have with it. Right. Pod is the ultimate form of escapism for me, and uh, trying to avoid that temptation is difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, LSD, I don't have that relationship with. Mm -hmm. I have guesses as to why, but I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly what it is. Right. Um, My guesses are LSD doesn't really obscure or cloud your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I find, like, without, with, I'm I'm spacey. I'm just, I get distracted, I'm zoning out, I'm kind of off in my own world. Uh, with LSD, I feel very keyed into what's going on around me. Um, like I, I'm a lot more engrossed visually in the things that I'm looking at. Uh, music sounds better, it's, I'm spending all this time thinking about my thoughts. I'm actively engaging with my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm not avoiding it. So, uh, for those reasons, I don't think it's mentally addictive to me. Uh, I haven't heard of any cases of it being addictive to other people, but um, I'll admit I haven't done a crazy amount of research, so it's possible that it's happened. Oh my like, it... goodness. <laughs> I thought
1: you did do it No, <laughs> on that specific topic! Oh. Yeah. Um, do you think you're splitting hairs a bit of being addicted to one substance or another? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Do you think I am? Um, I guess I I still have I maintain my same sense of concern as a friend. Okay. Um, well, you
0: can definitely be concerned about my pot consumption. That's oh, fine. okay. <laughs> uh, I'll freely admit that's unhealthy.
1: Okay. What? Um. Okay. And you Not started- pot
0: specifically. I think that can have benefits for a wider range of people. I just think it's bad for me specifically. That's my disclaimer.
1: Right. Right. Okay. 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 Um, I, and again, Lucas, mm-hmm. any of this can be cut out or honestly even outside of the podcast if you don't want to talk about it we don't have to talk about it but um, sure it. uh does it make you uncomfortable that i'm uncomfortable or i'm uncomfortable or like hmm. when i'm like you know wanting to talk to you more about you know your relationship with drugs I guess before, for the last 30 minutes, I was distracted down this LSD train, (laughs) and really we should have been talking about marijuana this whole time. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, apparently. That was just a red herring. That (laughs) really um, buried the lead. Yeah, really buried the lead. Hmm. Um,
0: Now, pot I've done to death, and I think everybody knows somebody like that. We're bringing fresh content here, Jason. Uh, Okay. Talking about... Uh,
1: uh, I mean, the content, I'm not so interested in the chemical properties of drugs. I'm more (laughs) interested in the emotional relationships I have with my friends.
0: That's great. And you remember earlier when I said that I just want you to understand my experience. Right. So we're on the same page. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So the question that you were asking was, um, does it bother me that you're concerned about my relationship with Mm. Uh, LSD? No. Marijuana. What?
1: With marijuana. I don't care about LSD anymore.
0: I, you were talking about you were concerned about my relationship with drugs in general, man. Well,
1: now specifically marijuana because LSD was our red herring.
0: Well, you know what? A, a quality podcast host, he can ask questions to just kind of guide the, uh... the course of the podcast. But you know, he's not in the driver's seat. You know, you're just right. encouraging, you know? okay? Teasing this story out of me, and Jason, you're doing a great job despite your. Uh, despite your attempts, I'm actually going to deliver the story anyways. So you're okay. an even better podcast host oh, than wow. you could possibly imagine. Um, what were we talking about? You got me off on a tangent.
1: Um, I'm uh, worried about you. I don't know oh, how yes, you feel yes, about yes. that. Okay.
0: So, uh, I would say no, it doesn't bother me, and there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, one of those reasons is um, you can't please everybody, and mm. we have a very solid... Relationship outside of this. Yes. So, uh, if we have different opinions on it, that's, that's totally fine by me. We've got a solid enough relationship this friendship will endure. Okay. Uh, I was having a conversation with my psychologist recently about your ideal self versus your real self. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's really common for people to grow up trying to be their ideal self all the time, the person that they actually aren't. Mm. Right? And this person wants to... Please the people in our lives, and normally you get. Um, normally, this is like a relationship that you'll have with your parents, right? You uh-huh. grow up with them as your role models. Your personality kind of grows to appeal to these people. Yeah, in an unhealthy way. Um, that's the only kind of identity that you develop is trying to please these people, try to portray your ideal self to them at all times. Uh-huh. Whereas a more realistic person is. You have flaws. Not everything about you is going to match up with this person's perception of you. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to have the courage to discover who you are and then be who you are. Mm -hmm. And then if people aren't happy with that, then it's not ultimately a reflection on you. Now, this doesn't mean that you should disregard everybody's opinions all the time. Your opinion is still really valuable to me. And if you said, like, Lucas, I think this is actively very harmful for you. You need to stop. I would give that comment a lot of ways um but something else that's kind of guiding my opinion here is that just this is a world that i have a lot more experience with Mm -hmm. and i can understand where your uh hesitation is coming from but uh i guess i feel like that specific concern about my usage doesn't really apply to lsd just based off of my knowledge and my experience um And that's definitely something I've considered as well. like, I... I like to test my relationships with things. Mm -hmm. Um, My father was an alcoholic. So I've always been very concerned about my alcohol usage. Mm. Um, I... Like, I've developed a set of tests and questions that I can ask myself. To be like, hey, are you lying to yourself about how much you're drinking? Or, um, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to compare... I like to check my biases with objective facts. Right. Um, And a lot of that comes with asking people that I respect, or checking what the research actually says, Mm -hmm. and letting that guide my decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's healthy. I think that's what somebody following their real self, not their ideal self, should be doing. Mm. Um, And I'm okay with the, the answer that I've come to, Because, like, this isn't just me. I'm not the only person in my life who does LSD, right? Like, people that I really respect have tried it with me. I'm able to see the kind of uh, professional relationships they are able to maintain, that personal lives are usually enhanced, not distracted from. Um, And I don't see any of these people having a problem with it either. And then I'll ask them, we'll have deep, heartfelt, frank conversations, like, hey, how do you think it's benefited your life? What do you think it's doing for me? Do you think, yeah, whatever this, that, and the other thing. So the answers I've come to, I'm comfortable with. Um, I understand why you feel the way that you do. And I'm touched by your concern, but... Uh, okay. It's kind of like when somebody gives you a gift and you appreciate the gesture, but not the gift itself.
1: Right. Gift horse. Yeah, it's a gift Old horse. Old gift horse. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, point taken on the LSD. Okay. Do you think you're dodging the question with marijuana?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, um, great. <laughs> this one is... I feel I covered it well enough with, like, why I feel I'm... Uh, I keep coming back to uh, the pot, but... It's like a... It's a personal struggle that mm-hmm. I'm not as interested in sharing. Talking about right sharing. now? Yeah. I, I, I just don't... I think it's something that's been more done to death, and I don't think the interest okay personal vulnerability level is is right the ratio is all off
1: okay i mean podcast over thank you all All for listening goodbye everyone (laughs) do 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 see music go um
0: okay okay oh okay bye everyone bye this has been the piercer i guess our podcast's over now have a great day shout out to dwayne hillary uh who else listens nope that's it